Is it? Which audio is it picking up for you? Well, Can you hear this tapping? No. But your, yeah, so your sound quality my your sound quality is good, though. Um, I know, like, this isn't Coindesk or whatever, but... <laughs> and it doesn't give me any options for changing my audio. All right, we so just do it as is. Yes, we'll do it as is. Yeah. We... It's frustrating. Yes, yeah, there's okay. nothing I can do on... But you're you're joining the ghetto show hour here. You're not joining the ghetto uh, show hour. You're not showing like the real one. Chuck Williams says <laughs> I can hear you both. Well, hey Chuck. So hey everyone, by the way. Is Chuck on there? Yes, he's watching. Hey everyone, we are. Oh wait, is this live? Yes, we are in fact live. Thanks, thanks for letting me know. Which Joelle. is fantastic. <laughs> I told you when I hit the button. This is what you expect on the <gasps> shit show. Uh, oh, yeah, Palawi yeah, yeah. says great out, good audio, Naomi. All right. So <laughs> thanks guys. Now that we've Appreciate figured this whole thing support. out. Let's just hit the quick intro graphic and we'll be good to go. So, hey everyone, officially, uh, welcome to the Shit Show Hour. I mean, Digital Cash Rundown. Um, I'm joined by the wonderful and lovely and way more professional than me, Naomi Brockwell. How's it going, Naomi? I'm going very well. How are, how are things with you, Joel? I'm doing fine. So for those of us who haven't, um, those of us who caught the intro bit of that, uh, still trying to make things work as far as like audio and video and stuff. Uh, this is not the ideal professional setup that is up to Naomi's standards, but good thing it's not her show. So it's not her <laughs> standards. I have low standards in this area of life, at least. So that was such a great intro, Joel. It's, yes. uh, hey guys, don't expect much. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is life. You know, we're just making it through one day at a time. And, um, although, Do it live. yes, although to be honest, your, um, your situation might be a little bit different too. And so for those who don't know, Naomi, who's always been top-notch in terms of content production, is now going to the way to the top of the crypto show rankings by starting the top, starting a new show or being bequeathed to a new show on CoinDesk, which I just saw the announcement and I don't know much more, but might as well start this show off with some unabashed shilling. So go ahead. What's, what's sure? Let's shill this. So I'm pretty excited. Um. It's a daily show that's at 12 o'clock every day, and it looks at crypto and culture, basically. There are five of us. It's sort of a discussion channel, and we look at the biggest stories from the day, and it's it's very fun and lighthearted. So um, great team. We've got uh, Ben, who's like a privacy expert, and we've got Zach, who's an editor at Coindesk, Jen, who... Uh, is is not that familiar with the crypto space, but she's a journalist um, and looks more at the culture side, mm. but she's awesome, a lot of experience. Uh, and Will, who's like the DeFi expert, the ether. If such a thing um, even exists. All the stuff. <laughs> You're right. Is there such a thing as a DeFi expert? No one knows what they are doing. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's, it should be pretty fun. We've did a bunch of tests this week and it starts on Monday. So yeah, come come and, and take a look and, and support it so that uh, Coindesk goes, yes, this was a good show. Good yes. work, team. Well, in, in the spirit of shilling, my only shill right now is right now on YouTube, I have 996 subscribers. Just for, I'm watching it right now. Just four shy of our goal. And that means you, you yes, you have to subscribe by the end of the channel or bad things will happen to you and all your doge will crash, which might happen anyway, but that's a different conversation entirely. So yes, subscribe, uh, tell your friends. Tweet it out and say, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's hit Joel over the edge. Yes. And so for people who are just, you know, going to whack me over the head by for, for shilling my YouTube channel, as opposed to things like library, I already have my library channels almost at 7,200 subscribers or so. And I would, only lean into that stuff but right now youtube is the best thing i have for streaming and it is what it is right as soon as library it is what it is is which is you know they it should be this should be the it is what it is podcast because you know we got the the audio nonsense <laughs> we got the whatever we're dealing with what we get is what it is but as soon as library gets live streaming you can bet i'm not going to complain about youtube at all anymore 
And so I know I'm so I'm so excited about that. That could not come soon enough because that makes me beholden to YouTube in a lot of ways. Because if yeah. I want a live audience, that's I mean, that's your option, right? Mm -hmm. um, library has some kinks they have to figure out in terms of like notifications when people are live, making sure you can still get the audience. Like if I go live on my channel, people get pings. They know to come there. You get an audience. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be doing live streams for people if it's you know they're relying entirely on my twitter followers to click through you know or something yeah. like that um so it's it's gonna be hard for them to compete but they're definitely on their way like i'm so chuffed at how well they're doing and your yeah. channel is like going gangbusters on there you're you're really probably you got like over seven thousand subscribers yeah, or 7, something right 200 nowhere it's near incredible. again nowhere near you know Naomi Coindesk levels of like, I'm going to call you Naomi Coindesk from now on. So. <laughs> Naomi Coindesk. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's really exciting. Like seeing your channel grow there. And honestly, you were like, I got involved in library, I think 2017, because we covered it on Stussel, mm -hmm. but I just mirrored it to my YouTube and left it. Cause I'm like, there are so many sites that, you know, I'm not gonna keep up with them all. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know how it works. You kind of test these things, but you only have so many hours in a day. And it was you that was like, hey, Naomi, have you checked out library recently? It's actually getting really big. And it's because of you that I started going over there more. I'm like, oh, wow, there's, this is actually getting legit. Like this is a real alternative now. And thank you for doing that because it's so exciting to see where they are now. Yeah, well, thank you as well because I think you're one of the first, like, I guess, good examples of what can happen on library that's good. That's like the first person I saw what I would consider successful on library. Which, you know, there's a bunch <laughs> of, like, there was a bunch of people who had, like, a ton of subscribers but just never interacted and had no views. Yeah. And just there's so many of these, like, auto-sinkers that just, I think it's getting better with Odyssey and their, like, different search algos. But a lot of, like, auto-sinkers that just get, like, no views. And so you're one of the only people right. that got good views. Although my first ever library video is still my most watched video ever. Which is, like, really? what is almost, it? it's interviewing Jeremy when his bank accounts got taken away. And, oh, uh, and yeah. then I think it's almost 2,500 views, which I have a few wow. YouTube videos that are like 2,200, 2,400-ish, but still my library views, you know, my library video is the most viewed thing. So that's, that's mm -hmm. pretty nice. I should point out also, while we're in this like mutual crazy shell fest type thing, that <laughs> Cointree, another awesome thing, is how I do the live crypto super chat. So if you go to cointr.ee, or Cointer E slash the desert links, you can go leave, you can leave a live crypto super chat in a bunch of different coins. And, you know, Naomi will answer, I hope, or I will point them out. And of course, I do screen them with this little pop out thing here because, you know, I don't want people saying, saying mean things, especially with all those like, um, all the crypto crush stuff on Twitter about Naomi and stuff. So I will be screening it. So yeah, don't, don't yeah, push yeah. your luck. Don't push your luck, you guys. You know, you're, you know who you are. So I know um, that if David Bond is watching, he's probably going to write an expletive on your wall as he does. Uh, he did that to prove a point. He's like, Naomi, more development needs to happen. You need to have at least a threshold. I don't want people to be able to pay like a penny, be able to write the word penis on my wall. That's, and I'm like, okay, but, but you know, whatever, tame, it's fine. To be honest. Well, then he went to Gene Epstein's wall and wrote penis. And then he did the same thing online. And it's like, oh my God, all right. I'll add in a goddamn you know, threshold that people can set. So now people can set like a minimum donation amount for getting a message through. So there yeah. you go. Which I don't have right Harassment now. Harassment works. That's the moral of this story, guys. Just troll people and you will get your way. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way things you know, happen. Um, it's... Basically, we all need our own Doge army for whatever. Which, speaking of which, I don't know if you noticed this nice new addition that's usually on the couch is the Doge pillow. Wow, such pillow! I did, I did, such pillow. I had one of those for my um, mm -hmm. my J-pop music video, and I stupidly gave it away uh, when I moved from New York. I um, I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff because I, you know, just traveling is moving houses, terribly annoying. And that was one of the things that I got rid of, and I regret it. Yeah, well, no matter where you gave it to, I have a feeling that Dr. Tap ended up with it because he is the yeah, ultimate hoarder so. of Doge pillows. And so, oh, it's hilarious. Yes, which is, Doge is not that guy. scarce, but the pillows are. Like, you go ahead and try to find it. They're like nowhere. 
So, you know, this is probably worth more than like most people's Doge stash if they, you know, if they, yeah, that's pretty funny. If they want to. But anyway, speaking of the whole Doge thing, we got to get your take on the whole Wall Street bets phenomenon. So it started. Oh, we're going there. Yes. Go right into the deep end. It started with a subreddit called Wall Street Bets deciding to arbitrarily pump GameStop or Game Stonks uh, and pump it to the moon and it ended up triggering a lot of hedge funds and causing the wrecked because of all the shorts they had on it. And then it caused like Robinhood and places like that to start restrict trading. And then since then the, the plague, the virus as it were has moved on to different things, including crypto. And then Elon Musk is just, you know, being completely responsible by pumping Doge and other things like that. And then, you know, Doge is just, Five, went up like 5x or more in the last you know i don't know how i don't even keep track because it because whatever in whatever data i put in here is just not current by the next second i check it so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so. all right so my take on the GameStop, everything there i mean there's a lot to cover there joel so i would say that i um i have a different view to a lot of people like everyone's jumping on this they're immediately like this is amazing it's great to see the little guy against the big guy um i I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Um, so Wall Street Bets, the group, right? What they did was pull off a very sophisticated move. It's a short squeeze of these people. I think it's totally fine. Um, I'm not going to applaud them, and I'm not going to also say that anyone was a victim in this. All the players who were you know, betting on this, betting for or against it, they all know the rules of the game. These are part of the rules of the game, and they got short-squeezed, and great. That's what happened. It was exciting to watch. It was exciting to see this mass movement of all these people getting involved with that. Um, and then what you've got is this kind of second layer added on top, right? Where everyone comes in and says, well, actually this is a moral victory and this is something we all need to get behind. And suddenly you have the mob coming in. And I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot, you know, there are people in Wall Street bets in the group that mm -hmm. are very sophisticated traders because in order to pull off a short squeeze like this, it does require some level of sophistication. Um, what's going to happen is a bunch of people buy into this and they're left holding the bags, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people came into this who aren't as sophisticated, ended up losing a ton of money and everyone's passing it off as, yeah, but it's, it's the moral side, you're fine. And I think these people are actually just getting taken advantage of. And, you know, um, like that's fine as well because they're just playing the game and they're the rules of the game and whatever. You want to play in these things, you might lose money, you might win money. What the issue I have is that we have this whole narrative right now where everyone is, um, is basically saying that all hedge funds are evil and mm. the fact that the little guy was able to shut down some hedge funds is a good thing. Number one, these just businesses that people have probably spent their life building mm -hmm. and some of them went bankrupt. Again, I'm not going to say they're victims. They knew what the rules of the game were. They knew like they should have uh, managed their risk profile better if this set them bankrupt. Um, but I'm also not going to cheer them going out of business because I think it's predicated on uh, a misunderstanding of the facts. Like, yes, traditional finance is very corrupt. Not every hedge fund is very corrupt. Mm -hmm. um, and not everyone who makes money trading is corrupt. Right. And I think we had this um, this um, you know, tendency in society to hate people who are successful or make money just because they've been successful and made money. And I um, I really dislike that. I think that, you know, if we're going to play that game and jump on the bandwagon of, yeah, they made money, they're successful, let's bankrupt them. I mean, the next people, obviously, that are going to be targeted are Bitcoiners, are the people who make money in crypto. Suddenly, you're going to see the smear campaigns come out saying, well, these are rich people who bought in and and they have a lot of money and down with them because it's not fair for the people who didn't get in early. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously this trend. So I'm not going to support a trend that hates you know, success or or people earning money, like I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. And the second thing is, is that whenever I see like a bunch of people agreeing about something, whenever society comes together, it's like, we all agree on this. You've got to take a step back and say, oh, okay, what am I missing here, right? Um, and so it's like, on the one hand, yeah, I think it's, I think the fact, I'll say this, the fact that people could use Robin Hood and make these trades and earn money and participate in this game that is usually left for the wealthy is awesome. Mm 
I hate these barriers to entry. I hate the fact that you need to be an accredited event investor. You need to worth like $10 million before you're allowed to participate usually. That is so fraudulent and corrupt and mm -hmm. awful. And it's just literally pushing people out and saying, no, you can't participate because you don't have as much money as us. Therefore, you won't be able to make as much money as us because you can't participate. It's this circular logic. And I really dislike that. And I love that Robinhood allows people to participate. Um, the second bandwagon everyone jumped on was hating Robinhood when they, you know, people were posting tweets saying they closed out my bets. You know, this is fraudulent, all of this stuff. Yeah. I I've asked, I have not been able to find someone who was closed out who wasn't just margin called. And I think mm. so many people were getting involved that just didn't understand what margin calls were. Yeah. And so the price of GameStop starts going down, they get margin called, and they're like, they closed my position, this is fraudulent. Um, it's not. Please understand mm -hmm. the game before you get involved with this and don't tell people that this is all corrupt. It's probably not. Then people were saying, well, Robinhood is corrupt because they you know, stops people entering new positions. It's like, yes, because there is a two-day clearance period. You mm -hmm. don't get your stocks immediately uh, when you buy stocks or when you sell them, you don't get rid of them immediately. It goes through this two-day period of, of clearing. They have to go through these clearing houses, make sure they have a, a adequate capital. Um, the fact that people couldn't enter into new positions is because they literally didn't have the capital requirements. Now, on that note, yes, you can hate Robin Hood for you know, being more cumbersome and not being a very well-run business if they couldn't handle the flow. And yeah, hate them for that. But I, I'm having a lot of trouble believing that this is corruption. And I think people really just like shaking their pitchforks um, and saying, you know, I'm a victim and this is corruption. I, I don't buy it, but I'm very much open to seeing evidence about that corruption. I just haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> this has been a big tirade, Joel, and you asked for it by bringing yes. it to start off with. In well, general, I will say I'm excited about the GameStop thing. I think it's cool to see a mass movement, a bunch of little players coming together, affecting big change. I love that. Um, I want to see less of the whole pitchfork waving and less of people, you know, hating success and all of that. That's basically my take. Yeah, that makes perfect perfect sense to me. Uh, I never really hated on Robin Hood too much because uh, they're just kind of like a player in this whole game. I think what what's happening is you're seeing a lot of people grow up in real time, which is it's fascinating, right. fascinating and hilarious and horrifying to watch all at the same time. Where it just like, like imagine like someone going through, you know, like flirting, dating, marriage, divorce, hating their kids and cut, like hating their ex, all like all in the space of a week. It's kind of like that where you just see people <laughs> going through this giant like, yay, stongs. Oh, we can make money. No, wait, the system's rigged. Oh, the system sucks. Oh, like just all this learning process throughout just like a week yeah which is it's fascinating because one thing i've i don't know if there's uh, i'm sure that there's people who are much more into like the scientific theorem of all this kind of stuff but to me it seems like time is accelerating which i i don't know if that's yeah i don't know maybe. if that's if it's just perception but like thing change happens at such a fast fast rate whereas like how long did it take most people to realize that the, you know, financial systems kind of messed up and then start like building something right. around it. And like, it took people generations. And then now there's people within a week that they're already there. Just boom, just goes through that entire thing. How long have people been, you know, hacking at the branches of the, the corrupt financial system. And then GameStop just comes and game stonks. It just comes and stonks, Stonk. strikes the root, and this boom, all of a sudden you get this big reaction out of the system of like, oh wait, we can't let the little guy participate to this level, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden people, you know, see, and then like, you know, Elon Musk starts pumping our little, little, this way, doji friend over here, and, you know, then I say something on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, I, I make some post about saying like, careful with this whole doge thing, because even though it's like a real coin and it works, you might be getting scammed or you might be scamming people. And a, and a mm -hmm. lot of people pushed back on that. A lot of people, well, there were some people Well, who, that was your remark on Twitter, right? Yeah. You, I, or I think it was Facebook where you just said, hey guys, yeah, it's fine to, you know, say I'm really interested in this coin or whatever, but what people are literally doing right now is a pump and dump. You're mm -hmm. saying just like buy into this and like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always so 
careful to encourage people to buy into certain stocks. It's it's never been something that I do on my channel. I'm never like, hey guys, buy Bitcoin. Yes. This is only ever going up, you know? Um, and I think that people need to be a lot more careful with that because you are in a position of more knowledge than others. Use mm -hmm. that knowledge for good. Like some people don't realize the risks involved and they don't realize, I mean, people don't even realize that they shouldn't buy into things that they haven't researched, right? So if you can be a voice of reason and guide them, you mm -hmm. would be doing a very good service to the world. Just say like, hang on, it's like, like there's a lot of volatility in this market. It's likely this will be pumped up and then it'll crash and lose all of its value. Just just educate people where you can so they can make informed decisions, you know? Yeah, and so I've gotten like a couple of reactions from people. Mostly people have either been like, haha, that's that's right. Or they've been like, come on, like, let us have our fun. We know what we're doing. And I'm like, you might. You really might. Yeah. But like, be whoever's been in the space for, you know, what's it been? Like eight years for me, probably longer for you. Uh, just knows, knows what Doge is, has seen it go up and down, sees how it just randomly pumps sometimes and like just sees how like, uh, you know, in the relative low liquidity crypto space, just someone like Elon Musk just tweeting Doge or something like ir irresponsibly, but whatever, that's what he does, just sends yeah. it to the moon. And then like we understand that like if we're going to buy Doge right now, like we understand where to get out or just that we're going to lose some money and that's fine. But a lot of people are like, wow, this is the next thing. We have no hope for like financial success in life. So we're going to put our little stimulus check thingy into this. Yeah. And, and then they're like, don't know that they're going to lose it all and more if they wait long enough. And I just like, I don't want to rain on the Doge party either. I just want people to know what they're doing. And then there's other people just saying like, oh, it's going to the moon and like, like buying into it in the same comment thread, someone's like, nah, no one's seriously buying into it. Then next comment down, dude buying into it. And it's just like, oh God. Oh God. You know? Oh no. God damn. This is yeah, no, I think you're right. And um there is a lot of fun to be had in crypto and I don't want to take away people's fun. And honestly, pumping the idea of Doge, it has been fun for years and years. Like when they, they sponsored the NASCAR racer or whatever, um, that's like all of that stuff is really fun. Um, and I will interject but as it's well. it's fun because at the time. Just yeah. down the street from here at the coffee shop, like a year or two ago, I was there and some cyclist guy came in with like a Dogecoin sponsored thing. And got his coffee and left. Oh I'm my like, god! Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> no, I um, I think that it's all fun. But back in the day, the only people who were involved in crypto were the ones who really understood it, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about like 2013, 24. Well, I mean, they didn't exist there. When did Dogecoin come along? 2013, right? Probably. I think it's around then. Yeah, I think it was 2013. Um. And so people at that stage, like no one knew about crypto. So the mm -hmm. people who did know about crypto, they knew that some things were jokes and something, you know, and it was fun to say, hey, let's get behind this joke coin. And uh, and now people are dealt, you know, they're, they're um, given like thousands of options in front of their face every day of all of the next latest thing. You have all these sock puppets and marketing departments saying like our coin is the next best thing. So it's very easy for people to lose their way and to say, well, all of these accounts, all these Twitter accounts, all these YouTube comments are suddenly talking about the NF algorithm. Uh, you know, maybe that's the best thing. Otherwise, everyone wouldn't be talking about it. They haven't experienced the scamminess of the crypto world yet. So they don't know that all of this is orchestrated. And uh, and so they, they think they're just getting signals from smarter people and they're trying to follow it. And... You know, I think the crypto community can be more helpful in that regard and just give people a hand up rather than laughing at their expense. Keep having your fun, but yeah. Yeah, which a couple of things I should point out are, first off, I got a a live chat message elsewhere. It says, most of the Doge car sponsorship was made with stolen money. Not quite so much fun after you know that. And Stolen money? I How so? I, I would love to hear more details. So I've heard a little bit about this in the past, but I, I don't know enough to really comment on it. But essentially, there was some kind of a literal scam involved where, you know, it was stolen money. But anyway, that, and then um, <laughs> I got to get this little super chat away. Otherwise, people will never answer. And then they you can't go back to old ones. When dash slash LBC pair on liquid. Um, I mean, when 
anything an LBC pair on anything I use would be fantastic because I was using mm-hmm. Swap Space, shout out to Swap Space, to swap my LBC back and forth with, you know, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, a bunch of other coins like that. And then they don't have it anymore because one of the partners doesn't have it. And now it's really, <sighs> now I've had to, I've had to work as like, you know, the, the, what do they call it? The high school, like backroom dealer with, for LBC with some people, they're like, Hey, where can I find some? Oh, hook you up fam. Oh, they say it's good. So yeah, that's pretty funny. And I did get a comment in the live chat from the one and only Eleanor Blanc. Hi, Eleanor. Good to see you watching. Hi, um, Eleanor. Shall we hold Elon responsible? Why don't you take give your your take on this first? And Well, how? I mean, are we holding him responsible by saying the government should make a law? Like, obviously not. <laughs> um, can we hold him responsible as a community and just say, hey, you know, you you do have responsibility to the community. You do have a very public voice. You are in a position to influence people, you know, use that power for good, not evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people can encourage that. I think it's totally within your your um, rights to do that. Um, like, is it going to do any good? Like, Elon's going to do Elon, right? He's going to do whatever Elon wants to do. Yeah. And I, I salute Elon. Go and do your thing. I think he's um, creating awesome things in this world. I think he is a kind of hero of of uh, our lifetime because of all the awesome uh dreaming big concepts that he's uh he's pursuing but i mean yeah to what extent the social pressure would even be helpful like right now you have such a mob rule in terms of like holding people accountable on social media that most people if they're smart they'll just learn to tune this stuff out right because yeah. they're so used to people telling them they've done something wrong and claiming to be a victim from this that at the end of the day you end up just saying okay all of these people are just trying to get something out of me um so yeah it, I, it probably won't be effective but as a community the people who are listening i think that we can be a force for good in the community rather than bad and i do want to um i will say joelle because you said you wanted to make sure that we got the see something say something stuff in so yes. i will just mention that yeah let me let me hit on the um the elon thing for a second yeah where elon's in a new kind of a figure in the and th- this could be a, like a several hour discussion on this one point alone but <laughs> I have a feeling that in this world of like through the eighties and nineties and beyond of like, well, you can't do this because of that. And they're just all this kind of stuff where the tone of discourse I've noticed over my lifetime has become increasingly cryptic and sarcastic. Like the meme culture is kind of like the, the language of freedom in an uh, oppressed era, sort of, so to speak, where people don't feel like they can communicate. And so the sarcasm kind of meme thing, but now memes have bled over into the real world where people are doing stuff Mm. like, you know, like, I think I honestly, I, I, I pinpoint as like the, the Harambe Genesis when Harambe happened, that is Mm. when things started to accelerate. And then people now, this is where people are is where they don't think they can do anything seriously. So they take memes and make memes reality. And so, like, for example, like the Capitol Hill riot thingy, it was a little bit of that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, let's just go storm Nancy Pelosi's office, woo, and all this kind of stuff. And, like, there's a bunch of people just doing, like, weird things like that. Or let's pump the stock to whatever. Let's just take a joke and make Mm -hmm. it real. And Elon's kind of the patron saint of that because he just sort of, like, came in and did everything that he couldn't do. Like, we're going to do rockets when no one else is. We're going to use electric cars today, not 50 years from now. And then... I am meme lord. Yeah. And so... He's kind of the Doge stuff is like he is kind of a joke at the same time as he's doing very real serious things. Like he does it in a very jokey way, which is how he gets gets by doing it. Oh, not a flamethrower, boring company. Ha ha ha. Like he just, <laughs> no, his whole thing is just like and Doge is just part of who he is and the way things are these days. And I think that I don't know if we have to agree with it, but we have to sort of accept that in this um in this new world of things, there's going to be a lot of like, there's going to be some collateral damage in like, Oh, ha ha. Like someone like storms the Capitol again and puts a giant Harambe statue in the middle of it. And Hey, hey, for the memes, but five people died in the process or something. There's going to be things like that, which we cannot be okay with five people dying in the process. We just have to, it's the way the world's kind of going. I will have to acknowledge. I I, I do. 
I got a uh, $20 yeah. in Dash that said, hi, Naomi. And already I got a $5 in Bitcoin Cash after that, which I can't, which is why I can't display the other one on the screen. But I have to ref I have to check to make sure it's not, you know, the aforementioned David Bond doing, um, <laughs> you know, posting something. Absolutely. No, just post it. Just do it. All right. See all right. what it is. We'll do it live. Do it, Joel. There we go. Oh, there do we it good. live. Naomi, what happened to your project of a seven-part video series about P2P cash that's funded Ooh. by a Flipstar campaign? Do you plan to do it soon, or is it postponed? From I'm working on it. From um, Luga Kerr. I never I know Luga, the dude. I, who, where, who is, I can't see who, I it, who it's, it's from. It's from L-U-G-A-X-K-E-R. He has seen uh -huh, him on okay. Cash. I don't know um, how, you, yeah. how you say the name. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, <laughs> it's it's all going really well. Um, I'm planning at this stage to start post uh, product. We'll start production in March. Mm -hmm. uh, writing scripts at the moment. It takes a long time. Uh, it's actually grown beyond the seven part series because I was trying to combine certain aspects into videos. I realized as soon as I started writing that that is, it's way too complicated <laughs> to combine topics. Yes. Um, so it's going to be more like a nine part series at this stage. But the great thing about funding something through something like a flip starter, where you're not in US dollars that is losing money with every second that passes, Bitcoin Cash has gone up in money. So now I do have the funds to um, you know, support a longer series, which is awesome. So yeah, nice. working on that, really excited about it in the process. Um, and we'll keep you all updated. I should do like a tweet about it soon. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get a little further when I finish all the scripts, I might do an announcement and let people know that production has begun. Yes, well, on that note, so we don't, you know, lose track of everything. Um, the spying, snooping bill thingy. Spying, um, snooping bill. Absolutely. All right. So there's this new act out. It's called See Something, Say Something Online Act. Now, you can tell by the name of this act what this is. Like, this is another surveillance tool. This is another tool for monitoring um, the population, keeping under the thumb of the surveillance state. Basically, it will punish any online company that doesn't snitch on its users. And it's complete, like, it's absolutely, it's a crazy, crazy bill. I can't overstate how awful this bill is. Um, it isn't just, you know, companies that have to report people on their platforms. It's other users on that platform who are encouraged to report other people. Like if you think about in history when tactics like this have been used and whether or not they have been for better or for worse, you can bet without fail they have been for worse. Like when you have people in communist China who, you know, under Mao and even now who are like encouraged, actively encouraged children who are actively encouraged to snitch on their parents and break up families. So you have, you know, in the Soviet Union, the same thing going on where you have this society torn against each other. And it's not like we don't see enough of that already. Every time you have an opportunity to, you know, report someone or to use any of these uh, online power mechanisms um, to troll or to shut down someone you don't like the ideas of, like it is used for this. And this is obviously what this bill is going to uh, start to encourage as well. And uh, it's going to be turned into law and the law itself, like it just says you need to report suspicious activity. So people don't even have to be doing anything that's breaking the law, but people will be reported. People will be kicked off platforms who've done absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, it, this will be a tool to uh, persecute and target tech platforms that are disfavored. So if you're a platform that is like, well, actually, I'm in favor of free speech, this is absolutely going to be used to target those companies and make them comply with certain things. So basically, it threatens them by um, taking away what's called this Section 230 protection, which is essentially a safe harbor for online publishers that says you're not liable for what people say on your platform. You mm -hmm. are just you know, publishing this and what they say is on them, right? As long as if they do anything illegal, um, they're kicked off or whatever, uh, then you're fine. But what this is doing is going a step further and saying if you don't report 
suspicious activity, not even anything illegal. If it's just suspicious, you're going to be held liable and you're at risk of losing this 230 protection. So it's all in all, it's completely terrifying that they are encouraging this snitch on each other culture. On top of that, it's completely overburdensome. The idea that, I mean, this is akin to the financial reporting that we're seeing uh, in the crypto sector where you have like, you know, wallets that have to, <laughs> you have to KYC the wallets of a store that you send money to before you're allowed to send money to, like all of the, the financial reporting we're required to do, this is sort of the social media equivalent of that. Like it's, oh, that's my, my rant at this, that it's, um, if this goes through, it would, it would absolutely um, become a weapon against platforms that promote free speech. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's, it's very bizarre how like this has all come to a head so quickly. And especially how, like, in terms of, like, let's just say right-wing people or Trump supporters more specifically, but it's kind of crazy just how quickly they just got erased from online history. Just, like, yeah, and I'm like, they did that against a big group of people. This wasn't just, like, libertarians yeah. or some, like, you know, nonsense little, or even, you know, smaller libertarian party people. Sorry for the diss. But I'm saying, like, it's not even just... <laughs> like a small marginal group it's not like first they came for the it's like well first they came from actually they just came for me right away <laughs> you know it just <laughs> like boom right to the top and and then the, everyone migrates to parlor which is a terrible app like i've used it as long as it existed i basically used it it sucks it's just a garbage app and they were censoring people on it anyway but like they just posted this made pumped this garbage app to the like the ceiling and then the, instantly they just like destroyed that one too and it's just like yeah it's like it's mega popcorn time like i these kinds of bills i would call like this bill is something i'd like to call an accelerant when we're talking about things are going faster it's oh, it, it's an accelerant yeah. but i i use accelerant in in a neutral way not even in negative way even though the bill itself is very negative very awful mm -hmm. it's like the Excel, like you saw when Signal got overwhelmed with all the new signups and traffic and stuff. Um, yeah. It's, I, I think that this is going to be an accelerant to decentralized tech of, of social media, especially in a way that we, we just haven't seen this kind of market demand anyway, like to this extent. So, but we also, I mean, I hope it is, but mm -hmm. in the meantime, there is going to be this period where we don't have the infrastructure to support, you know, decentralized domain name servers, um, you know, the, like cloud providers, all of that stuff. Like we, we don't have the infrastructure yet to support mass migration. So what we have in the interim is people like, you know, we have AWS and Cloudflare and all of these places that join forces and say, we're kicking you out of existence. You know, Google Play is no longer support your app. Mm -hmm. App Store, Apple App Store is no longer going to support it. AWS is not going to let you host your site on here. Like all of these uh, people, all the, these companies come together and and they collaborate to push out all of the dissenting voices that they don't like, or they're coerced by government, which I think had a like, big hand in this. Um, and that's great that it's an accelerant. So now people are forced to look into decentralized equivalents of AWS. You know, maybe we start to put more focus on things like Filecoin. Maybe we start to put more focus on uh, things like unstoppable domains. Um, but they're not there yet. And mm -hmm. so until they're there, you've literally just silenced half of the population, right? And I think that's a really scary situation where suddenly there are no dissenting voices and it's just like you know tyranny and persecution and a witch hunt against anyone who might have a dissenting voice like it's just mob rule and mm. i think that's a very scary time for people um i know people who work at companies who are like scared to talk about their opinions because of the repercussions even if they're not saying anything that in a normal society would be deemed illegal or bad or anything um they're just scared to voice their opinion because it's not worth opening up that can of worms right because there are so many ways that people can get just persecuted for having ideas that are not mainstream and mainstream ideas 
they're so superficial and um completely not thought through and inconsistent and all of this so like any smart person is gonna have a better understanding of the world and and more interesting ideas but at the same time those people are being silenced and all we're getting is like cnn garbage um which you know it's just it's really saddening to me um I think you're right. Maybe it'll create this movement. Maybe it'll drive this conversation underground. Um, but it, there is going to be a little bit of a dark age there until we can get something robust that supports yes. this you know, sharing of ideas again, these discussions instead of blocking. So we're talking about accelerants and things going faster and stuff. Um, I do agree. I think that because of how fast everything is moving, the dark age will be like a summer or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little bit too flippant of an answer, but like mm. it'll be a lot shorter in terms of time frame, not like a dark age of 20 years or a, a hundred years, like in past cycles or things like that. But I think maybe. it'll be, and also in the in, in the interim, I think we'll have the, the meme age where there's going to be a lot of things that people can't say. They're going to be almost saying in joke form in between. We're going to find a lot of like yeah. very cryptic things. And it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you've, I'm, I'm sure you know what a boomer meme is, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's just some like stupid say, old like saying, like cliche saying with like a Tweety Bird or some Disney character that just doesn't make sense or like a, one of the minions or whatever. It's like, but then, then there's like, I guess like the proper meme was like the millennial meme, but then you go to Zoomer memes. I don't know if you've ever seen Zoomer memes. But they are just they they're Kafka esque. They're like they make no sense. Like it's just the most bizarre, like twisted, like you know. I, there's no like point to it. There's no like thread to it. At least not to my increasingly aging brain. But it, it is, <laughs> it's starting to get to this point where like the younger generation is adapting. You know, like the Bear Grylls meme: adapt, improvise, overcome. They're like turning to this like weird language new language of like basically bypassing the sensors and so i think we're going to have that age of peak weirdness online in between in between <laughs> like you know where we are now mass censorship and reporting stuff and then up to freedom so yeah just my prediction i don't know what that's worth yeah i mean i'm i'm working on a piece with stuff at the moment about privacy and it's such an important issue for people like mm-hmm. John to be speaking out about right now. Um, and so the main crux, like he interviewed Snowden and essentially Snowden said, listen, at the end of the day, you've got people collecting information, right? You've mm-hmm. got governments, obviously, they're collecting information about you. We should be worried about that for obvious reasons. You know, this is create, collected in this permanent record. It's, it's information that you can't take back and eventually it will be used, you know, um and so just be careful of that and then he's saying well actually be aware of social media companies as well right because if you think of how the government gets its information they use the technology companies that's one of the the main ways that they they bring all this information in they have direct access to the servers of all the biggest platforms out there um they have all of these secret subpoenas where they can get any information that they want these subpoenas don't even need to be signed off on by a judge uh there there are so many ways that they're using the information collected by tech companies against us and so does this mean like well, maybe we should regulate the tech companies. Or it's like, well, no, the the answer is wherever possible, stop giving the companies your information. And like, for example, I am publicly on YouTube, right? I talk on the internet, they're collecting information about me just by analyzing what I'm saying, turning it to text, storing information and metadata. But I'm also talking to people in DMs. Now I have a choice, right? I could use Twitter DM, I could use Facebook Messenger, or I could use Signal. And I think the more that we start to normalize wherever possible, just using private communication when it is a private conversation, I think that is the best thing we can be doing and the best transition we can make. Because when you do that, you stop the ability for governments to have mass surveillance. Yeah, Uh, It has to be targeted surveillance then. It has to actually be spending a whole bunch of money to target you know, Joel's cell phone and uh, and then they can get the information they want. Because yes, your cell phone is not infallible even if you use Signal, they yeah. can find a way. But there's a huge cost involved and the government mm-hmm. is not going to spend trillions of dollars going after all the Joels of the world. They don't care about the Joels of the world. They yeah. honestly do want to keep, you know, yeah, target people who are like criminals, right? Me and my but criminal doge if- pillow. Exactly. But if Joel is just using Twitter DMs for everything, 
then they get his information regardless of whether they're interested, which means that they can keep it in this treasure trove. And if they ever need it in the future, they can use that information against him. So I think we need to start being more discerning about how we communicate with each other and protect ourselves where possible because our future selves will thank us. Yeah, absolutely. And that um, reminds me of what I think is one of the biggest screw-ups of Facebook. I, I would say screw-ups if you consider them to be an evil Orwellian entity. Is in like the way is when they start blocking certain links and things from being shared via private message, which is like it's really mm, creepy. Yeah, that was interesting. It's really creepy and weird, but it's just like, why are you canarying in the coal mine like for us? Like you should keep this shit on wraps for much longer if you want to exploit and like hurt people. But you know, a big rookie mistake. I did get a super chat yeah. from as a topic, also ETH fees. What's Naomi's take on ETH 2.0? Will it decrease ETH on-chain fees soon? Emphasis on soon. soon. All right. Well, this may be our last topic because we're we're coming close to the deadline here, but I think it's a good topic. I mean, so Ethereum has created an entirely new financial landscape, as we all know. Mm. They have created this DeFi space, decentralized finance, which, as we talked about at the start, is eradicating some of these barriers to entry uh, into the financial landscape. And I love that. And everyone is clamoring on board, which means that, you know, fees have skyrocketed and you're left with this conundrum, right? Because you have other chains that we could create this DeFi world on that may handle fees better. You know, Tezos may be a better alternative. Um, EOS may be a better alternative. It may be a lot cheaper to live in this DeFi world, but Synthetics is not going to divert half the resources of their dev team to creating a replica on Tezos when yeah. they could be using their resources to fix bugs on the Ethereum chain. You know, people aren't going to, a new company is not going to say, well, we're just going to go to Tezos because they're, you know, it's going to be cheaper. It's like, well, no one's over there. DeFi works because it's all these interchangeable money Legos working in cooperation with mm-hmm. each other. If there's no one over there, you don't have the network effect. And so it, you're just not going to um, have the, the results that you want. So we're in this conundrum where Ethereum has such a first mover advantage and they just were not set up to scale. And so now they're desperately trying to get this Ethereum 2.0 out, but this has been going on for years and years, right? Many years. Um, they have started at least. At least they have a contract that you know is providing a bridge between Ethereum and Ethereum 2.0. We're on our way, but we're only still at step zero, I think, of mm-hmm. what is it, a four or five step plan? So this is going to take five years. Year plan. Um, yeah, it's it's like five year plan. It took a while. I mean. I, I just got that. Sorry, we slow on the uptake. Um, but it is, I mean, I love the DeFi space. I think Ethereum is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to see them succeed as quickly as possible. It is going to be a slow process, though, and these fees aren't going to disappear anytime soon. So if you're looking at making money in the interim, I mean, it It may be worthwhile for a bunch of places like Compound and Synthetics and YEARN to say, hey, let's actually try out one of these other chains in the interim because, you know, the, the, these these platforms, they only work if fees are low because people don't want to use and do these quick change you know, transactions back and forth if they're losing all their money to Ethereum uh, fees. So, you know, it may be worthwhile in order for them to get more users to be exploring some of these other options. I don't know that they will, though. So we're kind of at an impasse. <laughs> yeah. So I personally do not ever believe Ethereum will be cheap. I think it'll scale better. But just from my understanding on the way it works and the way how much crap is just on the one chain is just going to always be a problem to a certain extent. But, you know, again, I echo the sentiments of I think it's amazing all the things that have been done. Now, uh, the other thing is I don't think that Bitcoin or Ethereum, again, the two big ones, I don't think we will like everyone says, why use Bitcoin? Why use Ethereum? This is cheaper. It's like, yes, I absolutely agree. However, uh, I don't think we're going to see the mass, the masses kind of spill over to that until Bitcoin and Ethereum have kind of reached saturation. Like right now, they're still like mm. minuscule compared to the entire world, right? But once the entire world is relatively exposed to those, then there will be space for like competition. But like right now, it's just like, well, like no one uses Ethereum. So who's going to use EOS? Like fewer than mm. nobody, you know, maybe the Doge pillow, but no one else, right? It just like literally <laughs> no one's going to use it. And so we're going to have to just deal with 
if we want to use, like, people like me might use different things, but mostly we're just going to have to deal with people being like, yay, Ethereum, why are the fees so high for, like, another couple of years until, like, crypto's mainstream, and then all of a sudden all, like, the market cap's going to start bleeding, and usage, to be fair, is going to start bleeding into other chains now that you already, like, start at the top. That's just my prediction, and I do want to no, be... No, I think that that's pretty... I mean, that seems pretty accurate to me. Yes, and I want to be respectful of your time, and I know you're you're running short, so we're going to make this a short one rather than a rambly one. Uh, where could people find out your new exciting Coindesky project? Ooh, so this is being released on coindesk.com on the front page, so you'll see that at 12 each day, you'll see our show. Uh, it's on their YouTube channel, so you can go head over there. Um, is it on I don't know if they're on library channel. yet. Yeah, do they have a library? I don't know. I'm gonna I don't ask think so. About that. And therefore, they're, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll be nice. I'll be respectful now. So yeah, they need to get on library. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Listen, I will do what I can to try to encourage them to do that. Um, it'll also be on their Facebook page and on their Twitter and all of these wonderful centralized places that love to censor things. Um, <laughs> so I will see what I can do to encourage them to get onto library. But yeah, you can chat. Check it out every day at 12 o'clock. Um, and otherwise, you can check out all of my stuff. I'll probably be posting excerpts um, from different shows from time to time on my channel. So that's just Naomi Brockwell TV uh, mm. on library and on YouTube. So check that out. Well, fantastic. Well, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please consider getting some other people to subscribe we're still four shy of a thousand. Oh my god i can't believe you're still four shy i know i already blew the load early it's like everyone already subscribed who is going to but it's okay by the time i share it tomorrow it's been going up gradually so there might be probably by the well, time i share I have a this, couple of yeah i have a couple of alternative accounts so i'm gonna log into them and subscribe there oh sock as well. puppet brockwell here Oh, yeah, Sock Puppet Brockwell. Well, so if it's not Naomi Coindesk, it's Naomi Sock Puppet. So, you know. That's it. That's that's my middle name. Naomi Sock Puppet. Yeah, so basically, yeah, follow the channel, all that kind of stuff, especially if you're following on YouTube but not on Library. Go to Library and do that. There's going to be a link somewhere in the description that just says, you know, the referral link. I've gotten, like, 500 people plus to start using library according to my referral stats That's so, so cool. it's gotta That's I mean, really again cool. you know tip of the iceberg it's it should be 5,000 because you know yeah anyway get on that decentralization really train great. before centralization eats you up alive watch Naomi's stuff subscribe comment share I do read all the stuff and thanks for joining us and have a pleasant pleasant day and weekend bye thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop and Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.